Welcome to Beyond Learning, a podcast that explores stories of learning and stories of change. Over the next few episodes, we'll be hearing voices of learners, educators, and community organizers who are trying to imagine a more sustainable future, and who are actually already putting their ideas into practice. We'll join them in different places in Europe to work on art projects, to reconnect with nature, to participate in festivals and exhibitions. And together, we'll explore how we can build new communities around green transition and the many things that we learn in the process. My name is Alexandra Kuzira, and I work for the European Association for the Education of Adults, producing this podcast. We're based in Brussels, in Belgium, but today we are starting out in Poland, where I'm from, to hear a story that goes from urban transformation to activism and back, all to make it to a better future. Uh, we can really have fun, <laughs> you know, also trying to do other things and uh-huh. to show show the, the, the possibilities, yeah. right? Which uh-huh. we did not use as civilization. As civilization. And yeah. I don't know if we have enough time or not, uh-huh. but yeah, we need to do it anyway, right? Yeah, because what's, Because it's fun. But before we look towards the future, just for a minute, we'll take a peek into the past. Because we begin in 1945, right after the Second World War, and I know that might not seem like the most fun starting point. Warsaw, the capital of Poland, is almost entirely destroyed. Around 80% of the city is gone. There's rubble everywhere, no electricity or running water. There are even talks of moving the capital to a different city. But the Soviet Union, which controls the country, thinks that the only way to get credibility among Polish citizens would be to run the city from Warsaw. And so the decision is taken to rebuild the city, and the reconstruction process begins. Local architects and urbanists of all possible political convictions are asked to work together to imagine a new city. And that's not necessarily to encourage a diversity of perspectives, there's just very few architects left after the war. And they need to rebuild very quickly, also because the people who left during the war return almost immediately, and they want their city back. So Stalin promises Warsaw a set of wooden, ready-to-assemble houses. Think IKEA, but on a bigger scale, and not Swedish, but Finnish. And he also throws in a few tons of flour and condensed milk. By the summer of 1945, the first residential settlement is built right in the middle of Warsaw. Yazdów, as it's called, is originally intended to be temporary and to house the architects who are rebuilding the city. But today it still exists. It hosts not only families, but also NGOs, who together create a community of change. I'm meeting with Wojciech Matejko, who's secretary of Open Yasuf Partnership and has been active there for 10 years. In addition to his work with the partnership, he dances and also teaches Buto. And if you're wondering what that is, we'll get there. He has agreed to show me around and to tell me about the complicated history behind the settlement, how the community has grown, and what the community has grown, which means that you might hear some chickens in the background. And you might also hear some Polish, although we did stick to English when recording our conversation. While we're walking, maybe you can tell me a bit about this very special history, which I know a little bit, but I'm myself, I'm not from Warsaw. Mm-hmm. Uh, I came here to study for a few years and I always heard that the place is amazing. Uh, this way, okay. Yeah. Uh, so I will try to walk you uh, through, you know, like the more uh, uh-huh. um, 
uh, unused uh, oh, uh, yeah, roots. Oh, off the beaten track. Okay, yes, yes, perfect. Yes. <laughs> so what's the story? I've always been told that um, this was something that started right after the Second World War when the whole city mm. was destroyed. Am I right? Exactly. Yazdu uh, uh, was the first newly built settlement mm. in Warsaw and it uh, consisted of 90 of Finnish wooden houses. So, mm -hmm. yeah, we are in the center of the city, but uh, suddenly there is a wooden village, right? Like, and, and the houses are Finnish. Mm -hmm. So it's very unusual. And uh, the houses were brought uh, here from uh, Moscow on trains and, uh, uh, and were assembled here, uh -huh. uh, not built here, because uh, back then in the 30s, in 40s, yeah. Um, uh, Finnish factories were producing uh, massively those kind of houses and uh, you know selling them uh, or giving them uh, in some like uh, rebuilding after the war effort mm -hmm. but uh, those houses were given to the USSR as part of war reparations mm -hmm. uh, after uh, after Finland lost uh, second world war in this northern front mm -hmm. right uh, so the so so the history itself is very complicated and you know we we like to think about it as li like this uh, crossing the uh, Iron Curtain uh -huh. uh, uh, rebuilding effort of the whole Europe, right, uh -huh. uh, during that time. Because yeah. th this story is very complicated and, and, uh, and involves, uh, you know, a lo lot of thinking about war and those kind of stuff. But it's also, uh, you know, like this uh, impulse of uh, uh, how to build anew, right? Mm -hmm. And also, uh, not only it was the first, uh, the first settlement after the war, but the first inhabitants were um, uh, engineers, urbanists who were working in the Warsaw Reconstruction Office. Mm -hmm. So they were the ones who were creating plans for the reconstruction of the whole city. Uh, so, uh, so it's very like its meaning historically, symbolically is very important for the Warsaw as a whole. We fast forward to a few decades later. In 2010, the mayor of the downtown district in Warsaw sets out a plan to clear the area for a new development and disassemble all of the houses. The residents fight against the decision, form an association and invite NGOs and activists to join in. By 2014, the movement is successful. Consultations are held to decide on the future of the settlement and the following year, the mayor agrees to respect the results of the consultations. A new chapter starts. Some of the houses start to get rented out to NGOs through an open competition. So, mm -hmm. how many how many set, how many houses do you have now, and how many of them yep. are residential, and how many are um, activist projects so, or NGOs? So, twenty six houses are here mm -hmm. on Yazdów. Uh, uh, Eighteen of them are rented uh, for the NGOs. Mm -hmm. uh, six of them are uh, uh, communal uh, residence houses, and two of them are still empty. Mm -hmm. And we are still in this process. You know, after consultation, we thought. Yes, the battle has been won. Uh -huh. Now uh, there is only be a bright future. Well, that was my like naive uh, thinking about the processes. And now, of... now you're a seasoned activist, and you know that's not how it yes, works. Yes, I know that the, that the ch social change and urban change connected to the social change can take many, mm. many years. And we are in this situation of being now really tired of this constant negotiation with the municipality. In you know this, not only trying to. Uh, find good ways to renovate the houses mm -hmm. and money to do it, but also to really uh, focus on, you know, like the community saved this place, right? The community uh, developed it towards this uh, really organic, um, beautiful place 
uh, that it is now and this organic development that uh, that, that has been uh, going on since the last 10 years it's really something that urbanists all over the world are now looking mm -hmm. for right this uh, genius logic of the place how to sustain it how to let it uh, like grow itself right and transform it into the material things like here it happened really uh, and uh, and it's very important but also like like um, how to uh, transform also the ways to govern this mm -hmm. area right uh, how to uh, create new uh, ways of uh, participating uh, 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 of the citizens into development mm -hmm. of this area into ma decision making as mm -hmm. well not only to be you know like the client yeah. uh, for the local government or mm -hmm. someone who can from time to time uh, uh, have a say and consult something but really co-create this mm -hmm. space right mm -hmm. and and in Poland we do not have those kind of tools in our ecosystem, legal ecosystem um, and it's really hard for the, uh, uh, for the officials on the different levels here in local government in Warsaw uh, to really uh, say okay let's try and do, and do it right and all those 10 years has been this struggle to really uh, find ways to, to do it. Mm -hmm. Now we are in the process of consulting how to renovate and it will happen because mm -hmm. we were finally able to mm -hmm. negotiate the money for mm -hmm. it from the municipality. Uh, but uh, this other, you know, thing, it's, it's always easier in, in, in Poland to, uh, to uh, give a money and uh, uh, for the like, you know, revitalization mm -hmm. processes, right? But when it comes to people and how to deal with communities and how to work with them, it's very complicated. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and can you tell me also, how, so how does the, the, the shared decision-making works yeah. work? And is there ever any tension between people who actually live here and the NGOs that are yeah. based here? Uh -huh. <laughs> of course, it's not so easy, right? Uh -huh. uh, when you have, uh, now in partnership we have 25 uh, NGOs mm -hmm. and informal groups as well who are like mm -hmm. working here on a regular basis, not not day to day, but regularly. And also those uh, seven families living in six mm -hmm. houses, right? So. So all those partners are very, like, this is already uh, the NGOs and the informal groups are very, like, diverse group, right? Because we have scouting organizations, we have uh, LGBTQ organizations, we have uh, organizations working on traditional music, we have uh, mostly, like, visual arts uh, uh, people uh, involved here. Uh, uh, also the, the, the organizations who are uh, like making visual art, art projects, yeah. also organizations uh, like working with refugees. Yeah. And so, so that itself is, is hard, right? But they are all NGOs or people who are working together and, uh, and know how to, you know, talk with other people, how to organize. Uh, so, 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 uh, so we have also residents who are, you know, like, mm -hmm above like average 50 years plus let's say there are many people who are like 70 plus so um, and they you know they have been traumatized really by mm -hmm. this process right because they lived in a very close knitted community people living together celebrating together like uh, having common gardens as well like and and really creating this this very unique community which has been destroyed by the municipality basically mm -hmm. right so for them, this is still like, even though uh, the, uh, the people who, uh, who came here, the NGOs, 
uh, were the ones who um, who who kind of who helped help them to save this place, mm -hmm. right? Adding these these public functions, uh, uh, still for them it's a new new situation, right? Mm -hmm. And if someone is living 70 years here, right, then suddenly like many people coming, uh, loud events, concerts sometimes from time to time, or uh, some, uh, I know, garbage uh, after after some parties or things like that. So, so we are, so this partnership is also, you know, about how to maintain this community, how to set the rules, how to um, uh, make sure that everyone is important, right? Because everyone is here. And for me personally, I think the residents, and not only for me, the residents are more important even, right? They were here for, uh, first. They started the movement to defend this place. They proposed this opening of the houses, right? It's such a good example of how you can carve out a space to do something a little different. Mm. So maybe we can have a look at, um, or, or you can tell me a bit more about the, the initiatives that you have or the organizations yeah, that sure really are yeah, this, working this, on that. This is first example, ah, wow. first great example uh -huh. here. So where are we now? Uh, we are now in the uh, uh, urban uh, urban bees uh, oh, house. Oh, cute little hens. Which is uh, yeah the home not only for the bees but also uh -huh. for the hens. Yeah. Uh, which are some kind of uh, uh, Chinese species. Uh -huh. uh, they look like a like, like no like a chicken and a puddle uh -huh. would have a baby. They are great. <laughs> They're amazing. Yeah, yeah. And um, I understand why you keep the gate closed because yeah, yeah, you yeah, want exactly, to keep them exactly. safe. But uh, you can see the bees are working very hard as uh -huh. well. And uh, this is yeah one one of the examples. Uh, the uh, the, bee, the beehives were put here in already in 2014, mm -hmm. and back then it was illegal to do so in uh, the city limits, right? Uh -huh. Because uh, be, because there were uh, these kind of regulations that stated that you needed to have like I, I don't remember 100 or 200 meters from the nearest apartment building, uh, residence building, uh, to have a beehives. Uh, uh, and uh, yeah, Victor from uh, uh, from Urban Bees uh, said that he will just put it here to show people that they're do not do not do any harm right uh -huh. and uh, he, he did it and uh, and uh, at the same time started to lobbying uh, towards uh, changing of this of this decision right uh -huh. and uh, and he was successful and now in the whole city there are beehives also in the local government uh, like rooftops uh, of their mm -hmm. buildings yeah. there are beehives right yeah. so uh, also the hands are are again a similar example because formally you cannot have like breeding animals uh -huh. inside of the city because of the uh, health regulations and so on and so forth. But uh, they are like registered here as a company animals. <laughs> and, and he's also showing, right? L uh -huh. Like you can have them in the cities and they are not like, you know, it's the, nothing is stinking here uh -huh. or they are not a problem for anyone and so uh -huh. on and so forth. And I think this is, those are the great, like, you know, small interventions mm -hmm. that really have potential to change how cities can work, right? Uh, later on. Mm -hmm. and, and it's working. Pani Krystyna, chyba, chyba sobie damy radę. Tak. Wojtek promised that we would go off the beaten track, and we do. To see the community garden, we have to squeeze in a little to cross the next gate. So this garden is, uh, um, you know, also uh, uh, like the permaculture, 100% uh, mm -hmm. permaculture is it's, uh, 
uh, is common garden so every sunday uh, there is around 12 there are open meetings for the new gardeners mm -hmm. and, and old gardeners as well so anyone can come mm -hmm. and start to really grow their own food mm -hmm. right and it, it itself has this educational uh, uh, value to it because the people can learn how to grow their own food which which in our which in our uh, times is like the most the most uh, like uh, valuable thing you can do to the, to the climate right to grow your own food one of the most valuable mm -hmm. probably uh, and uh, uh, and not only that, but uh, but they were um, uh, they, they have started here the first in Poland, like the urban gardeners school mm -hmm. for the people who would like to uh, you know start their own gardens in the public spaces of the cities in the whole Poland, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, and also it was the example because the because the city looked at this program and they said hey we would like to we would like to do the, that uh, by ourselves as well and they um, they have. Uh, uh, employed these organizations to do that program citywide in the whole mm -hmm. Warsaw, and and they were doing that for five years, I guess, uh, to promote, to educate, and to uh, help to finance uh, those mm -hmm. initiatives that would like to yeah. have their own, uh, like uh, you know, community mm -hmm. gardens, urban gardens. Mm -hmm. And we have an activity going on. So yeah, uh, that's the that, that's the meeting of the uh, Anya will know more. Poproszę, tak. Dziękuję. Dostaliśmy ogórki. We just got some cucumbers. We just got some cucumbers, fresh, fresh. from the garden. Yeah. I will pack them in my suitcase yeah. tonight. <laughs> They're traveling with me. Yeah. Uh -huh. uh, this is the meeting, uh, not uh, adult uh, education, but uh, the, the meeting for the uh, people who uh, who are doing the, the homeschooling for their kids. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so a little bit educating the mm -hmm. parents about the, yeah. the homeschooling. Mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, this is, uh, you know, uh, uh, there are many meetings like, like that for the people who try to organize themselves, uh, who try to you know uh, develop their own uh, ways of looking on the on the mm -hmm. future, right? Because we all know now that something is very not right with with how we live as a civilization, right? And I guess that uh, places like Yazdov can really show like, yeah, there are like other things we can do together, right? And uh, even if it's all not going to work anyway at the end, because <laughs> it's very like out of our uh, you know. Like we are, as a, as people, as individuals, we are just not uh, not too powerful enough to, to do anything about it, right? Uh, it's it's a maybe depressing thing to say, but but I I I, I believe it's true. But uh, we can really have fun, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know. Also trying to do other things and uh -huh. to show show the the, the possibilities, yeah. right? Which uh -huh. we did not use as civilization, as civilization. And yeah. I don't know if we have enough time or not, uh -huh. but. Yeah, we need to do it anyway, right? Yeah, because absolutely. what? Because it's fun. Exactly. Because I think <laughs> also, that's, but you know, that's what we what we say in my organization at EAEA. Yeah. We have this manifesto for adult learning in the 21st century, and we called it the power and joy of learning. And we always find like the joy that's is the thing. powerful part. Yeah. Actually, if you think yeah. about it, it's what keeps you coming back. Yeah. Why you want to stay? Uh, I don't know until 8 p.m. in uh -huh. some small contained office to work and work for the next credit for your new car or uh -huh. anything if you can just come to the garden like and dance and uh, you know be with people and just spend less time um, thinking about um, about how how much you need to put energy mm. and effort to protect 
your own family or your own small system, which whichever you live in, it really try to be with people and and yeah, that's that use less resources, right? Mm -hmm. Right to have fun. I also saw a few interesting things on the way. Yeah. It would be cool if we could come back to the board with all the activities, yeah. um, so that we can because that looked fun, I have to say, and mm. I really there is another board here. Oh, yeah, perfect. So we can go there. And on our way, I asked Wojtek, why has it worked so well? He has a few answers. The motivation of the people involved, it was the right time. But he also says this. Yeah, look, like uh, we really can do things differently. Mm -hmm. yeah. and, uh, and people started to love it, right? And it was not only thinking about, you know, the because it was both, like thinking about the history, right? And uh, this, this place was born out of the crisis, right? And, and this thinking, okay, now we are also in crisis. Mm or many crises yeah. so how can we learn from the past to make it to the future right yeah. and many many things we are doing here it's not like you know we are we you know progress progressives all, always want to say that ah we are like doing things uh, we are uh, creating new paths right but for us it's more like yeah like in 1945 there were mm -hmm. already like common gardens here Absolutely. right between the yeah. people who are living here so mm -hmm. is it really new no it's not it's just mm -hmm. like yeah let's get yeah. let's get back to doing things like a little bit slower more together and and see like the common ground yeah. right and re revisiting ideas from the past if, exactly. they, if they worked they worked for a reason exactly okay so let's have a look at what's going on yep. and what's coming up so this weekend, apparently, uh, so we meet on a Wednesday, I missed uh, last weekend the festival of free time, yes. which sounds very good. Uh, what did you do? Ah, it's uh, one of the biggest events uh, in the whole year. I know that it's only a small, uh -huh. small thing here, but uh, it has its own big program uh, uh, somewhere else. So it was two days of, it's called the free time and it's free time for everyone uh -huh. who is coming. But for us, it's like it it's the busiest time of the year. Two months of preparation. Uh -huh. Uh, during our other festival, which we are doing also at, at uh -huh. the time, so it's uh, for us the summer is very intense here, and uh, uh, we are doing this with the Foundation uh, Czechruj, mm -hmm. which is also uh, uh, the publisher of the of the Czechruj magazine, the oldest yes. uh, weekly magazine. In it was a weekly magazine, now it's a uh, I think a monthly magazine, and uh, and we are you know uh, really like. Uh, uh, showing uh, the potential of Yazdruf in those two days, right? Mm -hmm. uh, every almost every house is open and doing some uh, workshops, uh, uh, which is education, which is uh, performances, which is uh, body work, which is uh, uh, exhibitions as well. So many many things uh, going on at the time. I cannot even like you know <laughs> try to keep it up uh, like in, in in two sentences because. Uh, also, as I mentioned before, uh, you know, we are very diverse uh, in, uh, in in themes as well. Uh, so, so it's really showing, right? Uh, this, this diversity. And um, what I also found interesting is the uh, climate reading room. So that's on the yep. on the tenth. Uh, can you tell me more about that? Yeah, we have uh, uh, we have opened in our main house. Uh, in, the, in the partnerships house, uh, this uh, uh, small, but hopefully it will get bigger and bigger, uh, like the small library uh, which you can come in and uh, you know have a coffee for free and read some books about the climate change, or more 
like we were trying to be as positive as we can and we were looking up for the positions that would showcase ways to you know mitigate or to really just not only mitigate but also really stop stop climate change and and this is now yeah it's going to be open every every sunday i guess in those hours it's our house is also open every day so so basically anyone could come uh, and, and use it but uh, to make it like uh, also the, the, the volunteers uh, are there to help with, with the selection or to make a coffee and things like that so, mm -hmm. so we are trying also to you know promote educating yourself about uh, about the, uh, the the times we are living in now. yeah yeah that's great and uh, maybe uh, I, I would have one more question about um, well, the future of the of the community. How mm. you, you said you you you're a bit more cynical now, but <laughs> even with your cynicism, where would you like ideally the community to get to in the in the coming years? Yep. Is there a plan, and what do you think is realistic for you to happen? Many many projects like that started, you know, on values, and but they ended up on just adding more capital value for mm. the next uh, development project right mm -hmm. and and i really would like to i really hope i really dream about uh, never <laughs> about the you know uh, about this place to be not only like this temporary autonomous zone but like uh, you know forever autonomous mm -hmm. zone yeah. i don't know if it's possible right yeah. maybe i'm uh, i'm being too ambitious for uh, for the reality of things how they are maybe it's just it's just this, right? Then and this uncertainty will be forever, mm -hmm. like uh, it's an inherent uh, part of a project like this. Yeah, mm, but uh, I would really, uh, you know, I dream about it. Like, mm -hmm. like my daughter, which is now three years old, I would love to come in here in ten years and yeah. do some workshops with her, right? Mm -hmm. or, sh or show them some some fun yeah. activities, mm -hmm. and and to be able for those activities yeah. to to still be like um, put out here by the people who really. Uh, are engaged with the with the place as well, mm -hmm, right? Yeah. And not some companies that can do that exactly. as well. Right? But for the more immediate future, I saw that you have a workshop on uh, Butto by the Moonlight. Uh, can you yeah, tell yeah. tell me what it is? Yeah, it's like, a dance, right? Yeah, Butto is a form of uh, uh, of this like uh, weird, uh, really weird and dark let's say meditating uh, practice dance theater uh -huh. uh, it uh, it originated from japan in, uh -huh. the, in the 50s and it's a way to you know by with the dance try to uh, confront your uh, your shadow somehow mm -hmm. and to retransform your body into something else and and yeah i'm, I'm involved in this uh, for six years already I'm dancing myself and now I started to also uh -huh. give a workshop for other people. Okay, perfect. And it's by, by the moonlight? Yeah, it's every new moon and every full uh -huh. moon uh, to, you know, because uh, with this form of practice, well, it, it can vary it, uh, mm -hmm. with many people. But for me, it's, uh, the, it's uh, like uh, full potential is when you are trying to adjust yourself mm -hmm. towards the more natural cycles yeah. as well. Incredible. Okay, thank you so much. That's uh, I thank think the, the, the cycle is a beautiful uh, bow on this conversation. Yeah. And I'll just try the cucumber. And it's really nice, uh, it's I have really to say. <laughs> it's really good.
you can find out more about Open Yazdov and their activities on their website. The history of Yazdov that I described in the beginning of this episode comes from a book by Grzegorz Piątek called The Best City in the World, Reconstruction of Warsaw in 1944-1949. As far as I know, it's only available in Polish, and if for some reason that makes you feel a bit linguistically challenged, there is extra material available in English on our e-learning platform, learning.eaea.org. This episode was edited and mixed by my colleague at the European Association for the Education of Adults, Angeliki Anakopoulou. Beyond Learning will be back in two weeks when we meet in Brussels to witness an art project in the making and hear a very personal story of exploration and change. 